Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Welcome to part two of our classical Q&A show for October. I'm Martin Gregg and with me today are Graham Hunter, host of The Big Interview, and our guest for these shows, La Liga TV's Pete Jensen. We have questions, as always, from our socios who support this podcast at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter and from our sponsors at Bet365. First up is socio Max McCauley. I think this is the first time we've heard from Max, so Max, thanks for sending us your question. He says... Graham, I've heard you talk a lot about Vinicius Junior's potential. What is his ceiling and how does he match up against the Barcelona defence on Sunday? Max, thank you for asking that question because we obviously referred to this in part one of the Q&A and this gives Graham a chance to talk more at length about this talent who he's been banging the drum for for probably a couple of seasons now. Graham, over to you. Maxi, Maxi baby. Not only welcoming... But please feel free to ask this same question, identical, every couple of months. Look, um, ceiling, well, I don't know, because this is a guy who, in my view, has shown a sponge-like ability to learn and learn in a hothouse environment. He's also a throwback to players who, particularly over the, the Pete and my lives. Martin, I can't remember if you thrilled to, although you you helped set up an interview with Tony Curry, Frank Worthington, Duncan McKenzie, Alan Hudson, players that who shone down in England when I was growing up, but who, who were coaches at, at international level, England job, found it really easy to ignore them. Well, Vinicius right now is being completely ignored by Tite, the record-breaking Brazil coach, whose football is is very bread and butter, and and who you know is blessed with a reasonably talented squad, but and and an extraordinary striker in Neymar, but uh, whose uh, whose attitude is well, I, I don't need frills, I don't need thrills, I don't need a guy who who might give me something, but who might lose the so Vinicius at the moment is either not being picked or when he is picked as he was for the last international um, setup bench. You know, splinters on the bum. So ceilings would include, can he harness what is clearly a latent finishing ability to do special things, not just to score regularly? Because at the moment, 
he is scoring and assisting at or better the rate that Messi and Cristiano did at the same age. So Max, just drink that in. His stats prove that at 21, there are areas in which he's just under Messi, but ahead of Ronaldo, or just under Cristiano Ronaldo, but ahead of Messi. In some instances, his stats are lower and his goals are higher. He's on a par, statistically, in terms of purely um, goals and, and assists compared to the two greatest footballers of our working lifetimes. But both of them exploded. Both of them suddenly went on to score a, a, a rate which, even if you include Greaves or Muller, had never, in, in, or Gunnar Nordahl, Pelé, had never, ever been seen before in their goal and assist per game ratio. Is that Vinicius's ceiling? You'd have to say possibly, because I think, although I've always seen Vinicius as having things that are very special and I'm encouraged by the way in which he's adapted his game. His decision-making is much better. His ability to win the respect of his colleagues in terms of what he does with the ball, what he does to receive the ball, that has changed out of all recognition. His finishing at the moment, not just his goal total, but how he finishes has changed out of all recognition from his first couple of seasons at Real Madrid. So maybe this giant leap forward is coming from him. But to see another footballer of the ilk of Cristiano and Messi right now, so soon after they've both moved on from their signature clubs and they're both in their mid-30s, would is too, is too much to hope for, I think. So the obvious answer is he should become the guy that wins trophies for Madrid. He should become the guy that goes on to feed Mbappe rather than be replaced by Mbappe because he plays in a position that Mbappe thinks is his own. So there are stormy waters ahead and he should go on to be a player. It doesn't simply bring the, the thrill back to the Pentacampions, but who, who makes people begin to love Brazilian football, international football again. And I think he has those. I think they're within his capacity. Yeah, Graham mentioning Mbappe, uh, I think he's key because um, we, we we believe he's, he's he's going to be playing at Madrid next season. So what then happens to Vinicius? And talking about hitting the ceiling, uh, talking about reaching the heights of Messi and Ronaldo. Messi and Ronaldo both reinvented themselves probably a couple of times, but certainly at least once. You know, Ronaldo going from the step over king on the wing to to being the the, the centre forward, um, and, and and obviously Messi becoming the false nine, having having started on the right. Um, can Vinicius do that or is he going to be one of these players who says no um, I'm not playing as well at the moment because I'm not playing in my position it's something you never ever heard Messi or Ronaldo say that no such thing as my position Um, so that maybe will will prevent him from from reaching the the heights that that, that they reached um, even temporarily Uh, whenever you hear anyone say that goal scoring is, is, is just something you're either born with or you aren't born with there's just two words that destroy that argument and that's Cristiano Ronaldo. Ronaldo at United, when he first turned up, if you'd have said to someone, this guy's going to become the all-time great, the all-time top scorer at Real Madrid, no one would have believed it. And Vinicius has, um, has, has improved remarkably as a, as, a, as a goal scorer in terms of the positions he takes up and the decisions he makes when he's in those positions. Um, just enjoy him. And, and let's hope we can enjoy him for Brazil. Brazil have become... You know, me and Graham grew up in an era when it was so much fun watching Brazil. Um, 
You know, I mean, they saw David Neri hit that goal from the outside of the area in the 82, was it 82 ground? And they thought, you know, we should be doing this all the time. And, and that's the way, that was the way forward for them. And for a whole decade, you know, they were, they were so much fun to watch and, and obviously into the 90s as well. And, and they, are, they are very functional these days in compare, comparison with, with that. And the fact that Vinicius isn't featuring is, is, is an illustration of that. But um, just in, we just, just enjoy him. He's, he's not going to be, he's not going to be Ronaldo, but he is going to be very, very important going forward. And, and as Graham says, not to be replaced by, but to accompany Mbappe next season. And one thing I like, one thing I like that Ancelotti's doing, is because you hear Madrid fans. Uh, one of the criticisms of Vinicius is he doesn't track back. He doesn't work back. You don't want him tracking back. You know, when they play that four-three-three, let Rodrigo, who works extremely hard. Let him be the one who makes the four in midfield when they don't have the ball and let Vinicius stay on the shoulder of the last defender uh, and be the threat at the other end of the pitch. Work hard, but work, end at, at, work hard at the other end. Mondi and Vinicius have an absolutely innate, um, fun relationship on the pitch. They blend. They are... What's that thing where the whole is greater than the sum of the parts? It's one plus one equals three when they're playing on the left wing. Vinicius clearly is a right footer that wants to cut in onto his right, which is where the comparison with Cristiano Ronaldo, who is switched from a right winger into a left-sided striker coming in. Mbappe plays that left-sided striker coming in onto his, his right foot. He doesn't often go out wide. And Vinicius almost never now goes out wide on the left wing. He can do, but it's a rarity. But for Ferlan Mondi, who Florentino Perez doesn't rate at all, and Mondi knows it. What it is, I don't know. But Mondi is um, an extremely important footballer for Real Madrid because he's gifted. He plays five-a-side football down the, the left-hand side. He's got a good sprint. He's got a good reading and anticipation. He's physically strong. Staying, keeping Mondi fit and, and allowing him and Vinicius to play their five-a-side football down the left-hand side can be an enormous strength for... Um, Madrid this season. So, Max, there's another thing to, to look out for before Vinicius has to confront this Mbappe problem that we're talking about. Um, I thought it was a brilliant point you made, Pete, about finishing and how you know you can, you can train yourself to be a world-class finisher. Um, that was one thing that struck me the other night uh, with the, the next game that, um, I mean, as somebody who sees him quite often but not week in, week out, the the, the two different finishes are doing the dink finish over the keeper and then the, the incredible finish at the, the near post where he just a, a kind of rising, blasting shot past the goalkeeper. Um, and two very different types of finishes and a player who's, you know, oozes confidence but um, can finish in different ways. Yeah, and as Graham said, in, in Brazil he was prolific and, and playing more centrally and then there's scope for him to do that in the way that Madrid play with Benzema dropping, dropping Sadiq. Um, and, um, uh, you know, I, th- I think he can get he can get 20 goals this season. That's not that's not outrageous, is it, Graham? He's having started so well. I, th- I think it's well within his capacity and Martin's talk about different finishes. The um, If you look at the lift that he did at Levante early in the season to see just the tiniest angle and not to strike the ball, <clears throat> but just to get onto the ball and, and kind of just spoon it, scoop it into the keeper's far left-hand corner at a diagonal angle where he shouldn't really have been able to see it. That was very special. But occasionally he could do special things. And what has disappeared, every every golfer you know, shanks a ball, every footballer um, mishits something. We've seen the greatest miss unbelievable chances 
So he will continue to produce moments where like, ah, oh, he definitely should have scored there. What's gone out of his game and why he can hit 20 should now. Now we have to, even though he's only 21, we have to be saying he should score 20 plus this season. I think that's the right level of, of responsibility to be pushing at him. And he likes being pushed. He's one who re responds to that. So Madrid should be saying, you know, another, a minimum another 13 in all competitions, but probably 20 in La Liga should be the target. At any rate, the um, the thing that has changed most of all, Martin, is is that that slight sang-froid in, in front of the goal, which pertains more to the first goal, the Modric set-up, than the second one. Because most teams in in Spain know his dribbling style. In fact, Vinicius came out afterwards and said, like, yeah, I always try that dribble. And in, often in training it comes off. In matches it costs more. Well, <clears throat> that's because, uh, you know, in in matches people study, you know, the analytics that are done now are incredible. And if you are playing Vinicius as a defender or a defensive midfielder over a couple of seasons, you've got a build-up of information that says, I know what you're going to do. Now, knowing and preventing are, are two completely different things. So that little dribble goal, which added, you know, Parmesan on top of the, the pasta for Madrid in, in Kiev, that wasn't the important one because he's always been able to do special things. It's the regularity of finishing that's changed and that will make him much more important this season. And as Peter says, you know, should make him a 20-goal player this season, minimum 20 goals. OK, next up is a question from another socio who we haven't heard from before, Anna Masterson, who says, how did Graham and Pete assess the progress made by Ancelotti this season ahead of Sunday's Classico? Um, so this is a, quite an open question, but it's a bit of a... I guess it's a, a you know a teacher's report card. You know, after three or four months, how, how would you both mark Ancelotti's progress? I think he's he would have known at the start of the season what his biggest challenge was going to be because um, Florentino basically said, "Look, you're losing Varane. We're not renewing Ramos, and, and and we're not really bringing anyone in. We've got Alaba coming in, but we're not going to get another centre back in." So he would have known what the biggest challenge was in many ways defensively. They you know they've got three players really for two positions. Um, I don't think. That they would consider Vallejo a serious option for big games, so it's it's Nacho Alaba and and, and Militao, um, and he's got to make the best of that. Um, I think he's now realised, or, or maybe he's always known that it, it, he, the best partnership is Alaba Militao, and 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 the, the more they play together, the the better it will be. His other problem is that there's no there's no re replacement for Carver Howe really, and and he is, has terrible injury problems, which is such a shame. Um, so. Defensively, he would have known at the start it's not going to be easy. Uh, there are signs of a uh, partnership developing, definitely between Alaba and Militao. Mendy coming back is, is huge. And in fact, it will be interesting to see if, if in emergency, Mendy can also play as a left back because I, I think um, uh, Miguel Gutierrez is a, fan is a fantastic um, prospect and, and, and can quite, well, could quite happily operate as, as Madrid's left back, certainly in the league. And, and, and if, there is a, if there is an emergency, then Mendy is maybe another option at centre back, um, but he's what I'm trying to say is he's he's trying to work that out, um, and we're we are seeing some progress there. Lucas has had a big dip, having originally looked it looked like he yes he could make the transition uh, as as we've seen other players do. Hesus Navas is a great example. Then he had a couple of really really bad games. He was better in midweek against Shakhtar, so that's the big challenge. And at the other end of the pitch, we've already spoken about it. Really, it's it's been all about. 
it was classic Ancelotti, wasn't it? Because when he came in, it was it was all the senior guys. It was the heavyweights. You know, Hazard started, Bale started, um, but bit by bit, we're now what we saw on Tuesday was a very exciting front three: Rodrigo, um, Benzema, and Vinicius, and and I think that that's the way forward. Um, he's not. He's been bold with Camavinga, and that's paid off as well. Um, they just look at how, there's more. Alegria, as the, as the Spanish say, there's more joy about them this season. Um, and, um, you know, let's see how things are looking on, um, you know, Sunday afternoon after the game. But um, I think it's, it's, a, it's a positive start and more positive than I expected because coming back, um, you know, it can be tough. But um, it's, it's, it's freshened things up and, and I think it's been a good start. Anna, you know, when you, you get prep for a job interview and you're always warned. Be careful about the words that the you know the employers use uh, and diving straight into their words. You know, stop and try and reframe the the question and the answer to your own benefit. So I, I want to look at your word progress, and I'm I'm not I'm not absolutely certain that that's the right premise because I, I don't think there's a big project going on. There's certainly not a new project going on. I don't think that Ancelotti is a progress coach. I think he's a he's a placeholder. I think he was brought in because they reckon that next summer will be the great leap forward. They reckon that they will get Mbappe and they're competitive for Holland. Right now, Paris Saint-Germain are trying their, their little French backsides off to renew Mbappe's contract. So that's a, that's a finger in the eye um, for José Ángel Sánchez and, and Florentino Perez if they do. So... If I can rework the idea of, of progress, I think that the only way that Ancelotti's been asked to progress this is to, to try and win trophies, to try and ensure that there's something um, tangible as a product of this season. They had no trophies last season and it's become a habit of theirs not to retain the title. So it's clear that you know, victory is expected of him, success is expected of him. But I don't think that Florentino Perez has asked him for a rebranding in the playing style. The The heroes are identical for the last couple of seasons. It's still Courtois, Casemiro, Modric, Cruz, Benzema. And if you take a little sneaky look back at your word of progress, then you can say that either by Ancelotti's hand or maybe by momentum and the players themselves you can see progress in Rodrigo whose ability to score and make important goals this season has gone up you we've discussed at length the the progress that Vinicius is making and Ancelotti has a stake in that and there's no question but not the sole stake in that progress um, his willingness to use Camavinga or his aptitude about when to use him because when the president makes a signing like Camavinga, you, you, you can't leave him on the bench for six weeks to learn. Otherwise, you get a call to the headmaster's office. So beyond that, I, I, I would have liked to have seen more progress in him, not having made the mistake of letting the team become entrenched at Espanyol. Real Madrid is a side which, as he said to himself, needs to play 4-3-3, needs to be front foot, needs to press, needs to take the game to opponents and run the risk at the back. Militao is quick. He's an improving defender. Alaba 
not necessarily quick and is Marcelo-esque in how he likes to go out wandering. No question about his quality of his experience. None. No question that it's the best centre-back partnership with Militao on the right and Alaba on the left. But Alaba is, is, is definitely in need of occasional blinkers. That's something for Ancelotti to, to fix. So for my taste, it's a Martin asked for a scorecard. It's approximately 7 out of 10 at the moment with the threat of them being trophy winners, realistic. But, and I go back to the idea that I don't think Ancelotti is, is a coach now at this age with his background via whom you invest to make great progress. Little pockets of progress, yeah, but the, the revolution in the club and how they play probably can only come after two more transfer markets. And whether it's Ancelotti seeing that through or not, I think he's open for debate. Okay, it's time for a break. We'll be back in a moment with a couple more questions to complete part two of this month's Q&A. And we're back with a question from Socio Robert Ryan. Robert says, I have grown up in the west of Scotland where you get Partick Thistle fans who say, I hate the old firm, and many other fans across Scotland who have no time for them both either. They maybe even hate them. Of course, the Classical isn't a local derby, but is there a disdain from other teams and their fans towards this fixture? So, I mean, this is a really interesting question because I, I have never, I've never thought about this before. I mean, I've been in other parts of Spain where maybe Barca or Madrid have been playing and the games have been on in the background and some people have been watching, some people haven't. But I've never actually thought about what they both thought about or what these other fans and other teams thought about this fixture in particular. So can can you guys shed any light on that? I'll be brief here. One of the things that people echo here is that when you come to live in this country for the first time and you travel around and you watch certain communities, certain cities drop their knickers when Barcelona or Real Madrid come to town and pick up the, the, the strip or the, the bufanda, what do you call it, bufanda, uh, scarf, that, that, yeah, that they've got in their drawer. And, you know, this week and, and for, for 40 weeks of the season, they're a Racing Santander or they're a Malaga fan. But if, if, if Barcelona or Real Madrid in town, they, they, they use their season ticket book to get into the stadium and then they support Barcelona or Real Madrid. You must have seen that, mm-hmm. Pete. I was in a, I was in a cab last night and the and the and the taxi driver was a Real Sociedad fan but he was a Catalan, and he couldn't stand Barca or Madrid. He, he he can't stand the way that they dominate the the media coverage. He can't stand the way they're always moaning about the the refereeing, which is quite laughable by the way because they're you know they're both as, as as bad as one another in terms of saying that the referees against them when in fact the referees usually are against the other eighteen clubs if they're against anyone. Um, so. You know that's one answer to to the question. The Catalan taxi driver chooses not to support Barcelona. He watched Real Sociedad win the league growing up as a kid. Um, um, you know, he spoke speaking to me last night about Lopez Ufarte and Arcanada and um, and that's his team. So um, yeah, there will be a few people in Spain who will be, you know, they'll watch it and they'll enjoy it as the great game that it is. But um, um, I love the clubs where they. Don't have that. Oh my, my! This is my team, but I also like you know. And there are clubs like that in Spain. I mean, they, you won't get too many Athletic Bilbao fans who who, who who say that they you know have a second team. 
Uh, it's a similar story in, with Sevilla and Betis as well, Real Sociedad I've already mentioned. Um, up in Asturias, the Oviedo fans and the Gijón fans. You know, there are fairly decent-sized pockets around the country where they don't have that, yeah, this is my team, but also I like Madrid or Barca, which, which, is, which is healthy. I know, I, I quite, I've always quite liked that, the sort of entrenched tribal nature of like football fandom right I do like that right but what, what I would push back and, and one thing like you know Robert's talking about Scottish football like the probably the most talented player I've ever seen in Scottish football one of the most talented players I've ever seen in the flesh is Lubomir Maravchik when 33 year old Maravchik pitched up at Celtic I remember saying to, to non-Celtic supporting friends Go and see this guy. Like it's 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 a life experience to see a player this good in the flesh. And I sometimes think if you are, you know, you're drawing your battle lines and and you're saying, you know, it's my team, and you know, forget the rest of them, then you you miss out. You know, your football diet is less rich sometimes um, if you don't appreciate talents on your doorstep. Do you love your club only? Do you love your club and love football too? That's the dividing line. Because if you love football too, you've got no hesitation in admiring Davy Cooper or Bobby Russell. Or I certainly, growing up, had no hesitation in admiring, you know, Doug Leash or flipping uh, David Hay, for example. That 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 wasn't hard to do. And and as much as one side of the classical divide is dominant, I have never had any worries, any problems about saying, "Look at that player in that colour strip. He's he's exceptional," or or he's rubbish. I think the reason that you and Pete and I and, and all our socios are gathered together in this, uh, this area is a, a curiosity and inquisitiveness and a love of, of football in general, rather than what you're talking about, that like having to, having to drag people to go and watch Moravchik. Mm-hmm. But do you think, like, for example, like the most fervent athletic fan, would they have fully appreciated Messi, Ronaldo having these players in their, in their national game? Or would they not experience, you know, the full richness of, of what they gave to Spanish football? Pete, Pete will be more articulate on this than me, but like a, a little recent example. Um, the Monday night game was Betis playing, what, Pete Alaves, I think? Playing at Alaves. In fact, you were coming, weren't you? Yeah, I think so, yeah. That doesn't help me remember it. <laughs> I, I think you're right. I think it was Alaves. But, but when 40-year-old non-virgin Joaquin comes on, the the very staunch Mindy Zarosa crowd applauded him on. Uh, they did, they did, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And okay, Iniesta when he won the World Cup raises a Danny Harkey shirt, but he's then applauded at every stadium around the. And I know Martin, you chose Messi as the as the question, but you you genuinely see for a consistent handful of special footballers, like for example. We, I think Pete and I were both at the the Ronaldinho Classical, which I think was Messi's debut in a Classical. And, you know, I, I, I happened to have a... Um, I was given by somebody a ticket that was a hospitality ticket from one of the players. And I was sitting in a section where I thought this will be elite people. This will be, and the, the racist abuse of Eto'o and Ronaldinho was as disgusting as I've ever heard in my life. I was on the point of, of leaving. There were no stewards intervening. I had a couple of spats with people about what they were saying. It, it wasn't very far from me being ejaculated. And Ronaldinho scores. And people all around us, but particularly one that was you know, a, a mustachioed guy who was pictured in the papers, but people all around us 
having abused them because of the colour of the skin, stood up and applauded Ronaldinho. Madrid fans. So I, I, I do think that there's the same degree of, of venom uh, and hate and, and not bigotry, because that's a different phrase, but like caustic, blind hatred of, of certain clubs and fan bases for others here. It's not totally immune from what Robert introduced and you were talking about in Scotland. But it, there is, a, there is a, a far more ready, it's a bigger country, it's a far more ready recognition of elegance and a great career or moments of magic in this country than there is, not in the Scotland I grew up in, but in the Scotland that, that you know, has, been, has got increasingly poisoned over the last 20, 25 years. That's really interesting. Um, good question, Robert. Thanks for that. Um, let's finish in one from our sponsors at Bet365. Who do Graham and Pete think will be a potential match winner for either Barcelona or Real Madrid on Sunday? So I think we're looking for one name here and, and why. I'm going to say Jordi Alba for both positive and negative reasons for, for Barcelona. I think if you, one of the best things that came out of last night's game for Barcelona was was the number of times that Alba got beyond everyone and, and put balls into the area and and until Pique, um stepped up and showed Luke de Jong how to get on the end of them, um, it wasn't coming to much. But I think he can be important for Madrid. Uh, sorry, he can be important for Barcelona, but he can also be a point of weakness. And, and I think it was last season when Valverde... Um, kind of got in behind him and, and, that, and that's how Madrid got the better of, of Barcelona so that for me is a, is a key part of the game Alba both in terms of what he gives Barcelona in an attacking sense and how potentially Madrid um, can, can, can expose um, Barca's inability to deal with the fact that Alba in order to be effective has to be quite often at the other end of the pitch and, and we've already spoken about Vinicius and he will get a run I'm sure at Sergio Roberto if Roberto plays at right back or, or, or Des but you only wanted one name didn't you so I've given you one name for both sides which is a bit um, screwed up but anyway Jordi Alba's the man the man to watch uh, in both a positive and a negative sense for both teams if he plays of course Graham because he, he, he was heavily strapped with ice wasn't he last night but I think the latest is and obviously we're speaking on Thursday but I think the latest is he is going to be okay I, I very much hope so because he was you know he was clearly in his pomp man of the match against Dinamo I'm going to go for Vinicius, but for a micro reason rather than just my appreciation of him, because Barcelona's central defending is is not particularly good. They they make individual decisions about who to mark, about when to press, when not to press. It's not a system. Eric Garcia has been sent off twice this season already, and in each case, it's been because of his inability to get close to power and pace and not be swivelled and then tug back or foul. So Vinicius, presumably Eric Garcia, who was suspended against Dinamo, presumably Longley was okay against um, Dinamo, but Koeman doesn't trust him. That was only his second start of the season. Araujo won't make it. Umtiti keeps telling everybody, I'm, I'm fitter than I was when I came to Football Club Barcelona. Uh, and, and, and that might be true, but he's, he's very, very slow. So the same analogy applies. PK's reading of a game is still frustrate, but his physical ability to cope with pace is different. So Vinicius should be the, the, the difference for um, Real Madrid. And it would just be ludicrous not to mention Ansu because his his development has has still to come. Kuman made big play of this 
in the post-match press conference where he said, look, he doesn't turn 19 till next season. He was in, uh, till next month. He's been out for a year. There are things to change. Pete already identified um, absolute, complete, you know, killer decision-making in a goal-scoring situation. But he has things that he's already scored in a Clasco, okay, in a defeat, which he won at home last season. He has things that Madrid don't like, uh, which include uh, the ability to time a run in behind, the ability to take a man on one-on-one, one on one, the ability to dribble and win penalties and free kicks. It, I, I think Vinicius and Ansu, they're, they're, they're reasonably easy answers to give, but they're honestly what I feel um, by the end of... Uh, Sunday afternoon we'll be saying ah, look at that kid look at that 21 year old look at that um, 18 year old look what they've just done I know Super Sunday is an overused phrase but I, I did catch a tweet from Gab Marcotti earlier on in the week where, where he said that in the space of 7 hours on Sunday uh, you can watch Man United Liverpool Barca Real Madrid Inter Juve and Marseille PSG he's, he's forgotten about he's forgotten about Real Sociedad Atletico Madrid by the way which the champions against uh, the team at the moment, top of the table. Okay, that's it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For the second part of this month's Q&A, thank you to all our socios who sent questions for this month's show. Graham Hunter and Pete Jensen, thank you very much and thank you to you for listening. We'll be back with more big interviews very soon. <laughs>